holidays, heroes, and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm James D'Amato, your host and Game Master. Heroes, we've got more Blades in the Dark for you this week, and I'm excited for you to hear it, so let's get right to it. are about to start and we open on the city of Duskval, this industrial nightmare. The sky and everything about it is dim and dark. When it is daytime, you barely notice the transition. Like there when the sun comes up, it is just this faint ball behind a heavy cover of not clouds, but smog. You see everything in the sky and the world around you through the electric blue-purple shielding that protects the city from demons and other things outside its walls. There's always a faint buzzing in Duskfall because of the electricity that is powered by ghosts that moves the whole city. That faint buzz is joined by a clanking of mechanical gears, because everything in Duskfall turns. We see this shot of the city itself, a dim blue and gray nightmare, and we see the things around it move, smokestacks billowing more vile pollution into the air. We see stagecoaches and people walking around with this almost mechanical thump to everything they do, and that thump becomes the diegetic sound that joins the hum that forms this city. We see around Duskval, the dirty-faced and pale workers that make the city move, and the comfortable and laughing faces of the wealthy classes that rule over uh, with their money, their thick coins that clank in their hands, joining the movement of the factories that thump the city has and the buzz of the electricity around it. Glasses clink as well from the workers, people clanking these large steins, trying to drown out the horrors of life here, and the wealthy clanking delicate champagne flutes and martini glasses to celebrate the wealth that they lord over all those around them. We zip through the filthy streets, which are lined with garbage and overflowing sewage systems that seem to never be fixed. We wind down different alleys and corners until we get to the mercantile district where we find our toy store owned by the Order of the Jubilant Slide. Is there a name for this toy store? It should be... What's one of those? You got a, you got your, you're connected to the internet? Do like one of those, uh, use Voshrelif and see if we can make a mix, you know, you oh, mix up the words. Yes, an anagram. You mix up the words. Oh god! Mix up the letters, make a word. Uh, something I didn't get to do. I didn't pick my. Uh, I get to load something with my frame. Oh, cool! So I'll what describe that as something? well. Uh, well, my frame comes with uh, a pocket inside with some it. stuff. So if I pick small, which I did, I get three things that are loaded in. Uh, so I pick throwing knives, documents, which mm. will be decided, and a lantern. 
which uh, glows from my eyes. That's, oh God, how horrifying. It's so creepy, everything that you have. And my mouth, my smile. We got something? <laughs> the half far shiv? We got two results. <laughs> the half far shiv and lava riff sh. The half far shiv is. It's not a very good Toy Story name. <laughs> it's no. not a Toy Story name. What was the other one? Half far shiv and lava riff sh. I mean, it could be Mr. Lava Riff's gifts. Lava Riff's gifts? Yeah. I like that. Lava Riff's gifts is very good. <laughs> uh so yeah it, it's it's this dustfall's best kept secret <laughs> <laughs> we go down this street which I, I i think this is like there is no middle class in duskfall mm. so i think this actually has to be in a fairly affluent area that doesn't mean there isn't a presence of crime because crime is throughout this city but you we, we get to this street and there's slightly less filth here and those poor residents around here are of a servant class. We can see storefronts, some that are wealthy enough to have gold lettering in the windows. I, I think the Path of Echoes kind of has its own front for what's there. And I think it is a shop that sells records and wax cylinders and whatnot. It is there presented in gold lettering with their own. I think it's just Echoes of the Echoes of Tomorrow is what it's called. And you can go in and buy different fancy phonograms and whatnot. Moving down the street, we've got the actuary. And of course, we get to the gold lettered window that is Lavarif's Gifts. I think some of those letters are like flaking off a little bit. I think before this was an active home to the cult of Vashralif, I think basically a ceremony had to take place. A spell had to be cast. This had to be a toy store first before you could move in. That's how Vashralif works. He prepares, or I, I don't want to assign a gender to uh, an unknowable deity, they must prepare vessels and spaces to occupy. And, and I think they were attracted to it because in the le like at the center of the lettering is like a jack-in-the-box and you have the coil. Oh, that's, that's yes! Popping out. So that, that the coil it's of like the jack-in-the-box is hidden imagery, but that is the brightest of the gold trimming. I, I love it. And and there there is perhaps like a wooden sign above too that is falling apart except for this gold leaf coil that's on it. That is the only part of this ancient sign that is still functioning. I, I would like you to describe the interior of this toy store for me. Please, what does it look like? Where do they go in big? Oh, uh, don't they go to F.A.O. Schwartz? Yeah, yeah F.A.O. Schwartz. So it's essentially F.A.O. Schwartz. I just imagine toys spilling out of everywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, but these are, you know, uh, older versions of toys. So and and of... this has also got to be more contained. Too. Right. It's like a small right, space. Right, it's a small place. But it is just... It's almost It's almost like... Un... It's almost, almost maze-like. Yeah. With how many shelves of toys there are, so you can't really see directly. Ooh, I think when you when you walk when you first walk in the door, it's like a series of dollhouses. So you suddenly feel like you're walking in a replica yeah. of the town, but shrunk down. It is like a maze of like toy houses with little creatures like poking out of the windows and like. Yeah, F.A.O. Schwartz definitely has that like 
theatrical approach to it. Yeah. It's like making you feel like you're stepping into another world. And I think in some ways, and hopefully as time goes on, this will become more true. You are stepping into another yes. world. And there is a, so there's a ball pit as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can walk past it. I think there's stuff like that, like play place type things. There might be some like kind of weathered punching bags that are hanging that you have to kind of push your way through. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like a Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. I mean, there's a there's a register, a desk. Is there a back office? I don't know if we need a back office. I don't. I don't yeah. think there is one. I think it's yeah. all out in the open. Yeah, a lone older man sits behind the desk. Who, to any of us, would just be like, "That's just a bored retail worker." Mm-hmm. Uh, but we know he's dead. He's, he's dead. dead. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, there's a slide. Carefully preserved. But Carefully very preserved. Dead. dead. Bow tie, like the bow tie he wears, keeps his head on. I think if you go up the slide uh, and you look out at the way the store is arranged from the bird's eye view, yeah. it's like it's there's a lot of like weird culty sim- symbolism, yeah. like in the way that it's some laid sacred out. geometry there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, like a like a pentagram circle or whatever, but it's it, but it's it's really not noticeable from the ground level at all. Like the movie Signs. It's the when you walk through. If you looked at it, you're walking through. It's it is disorienting because you are. It's a spiral. Pathway. Yeah, yeah. So you're, yeah. Wa- you're walking past stuff, going, "Wait, didn't I just pass that?" Or, "Oh, they have a lot of stock of that." I right. Guess. Yeah. Or from uh, like an, you're like, "Wait, I think I just walked right. by this like on an outer coil." Yeah. Yeah. Something that I think I've decided about the person that you have as the front for this toy store is, th- it, we've decided that possession burns through things and people that like you, you, you. Unless you've sacredly prepared a vessel to be possessed. Uh, it, it takes a lot out of it, which means I think you have to wind up the man who's at the front of the shop. Yeah. Like in order, like there are certain like idle animations or whatnot to convince people that he is still breathing and that is to make his eyes move. There's just like a little key in his back that like coils a spring tighter and tighter. Oh, can we, can we do like, do that. instead of coil or it's instead of winding up, can we do like those old McDonald's toys you pull, you have to pull back. To, oh to yeah do, to do stuff yeah so, so he might be on a base but you can't really see the base so we have to pull it back and so as he like reapproaches the desk he'll do his motions he, like, yeah opens the register right. and like looks in it and closes it yeah and... that's one's on me yeah yeah, yeah we don't make any money jesus we're <laughs> giving our toys away i well of course you yeah. have to be there are a lot of potential things that you could have to yeah. deal with, and I will allow you to decide. Do you want to be dealing with external pressures? Do you want to do something at the behest of Vashralif, or do you want to try and spread your influence in some way? Those are those are the three tasks that I could see. I like behest, but I'd rather not it be like, now this is the task I want you to do. I, if we can do it where it's like, and now the final part of my plan is going to come to like it's like we've been working on it. Yeah. Mm, okay. Where it's like we're about to get, it's like instructions. Everything is instructional, like manuals, putting stuff together. So we're like, all right, we did page three. What's our next? What's our last? Whatever it would be. Mm-hmm. Okay. This this is cool. So I think this means you have been working on a long term project, which means. I am going to need you both to roll a single d6. The way rolling works, all of your rolls are going to be done with dice pools of d6. And the results are always according to whatever the highest die you roll. So you've been working on this long-term project and it could work out for you or it could not. So I would like you to each roll a die because you've each been contributing to this. 
So we got a three and a two. So we're going to be going off of a three. Which is pretty good. Yeah. For a ghost and a symbol monkey, it's pretty good. That's pretty good. And also I spelled symbol uh, like a symbolic uh, monkey because that's a little joke I did for myself. So much being lost through this medium. I know. (laughs) I spelled it (laughs) S-Y-M-B-A-L. Very good. Um, So on a one, two, a three, you're in a desperate position when the action starts. I think you are working on a long-term project, but certain pressures are aligned. I think because we did not choose augury, I think communication with Vashralif is very indirect. A lot of it has to be based on interpretations. Mm-hmm. And sometimes in instructions are not super clear. The hold that Vashralith has on this world is tenuous. Here, of course, Vashralith's hold is tighter than it would be elsewhere out in the world. But like there are, you know, only so many open pathways in which Vashralith can make their presence known. So always you have to be watching and waiting to see what your instructions might be. And I think there is something about this place that needs to be fully consecrated in order for it to be a perfect pathway for Vashralith to really, you know, communicate and and make this a temple and and a sacred place rather than what it is right now, you know, basically a, a home base of operations. And that requires a ceremony that has to take place on a very important day that that will like sort of align things properly for you to fully consecrate this place. And it's something Guys, it has to happen on the Duskvol equivalent of Christmas. Oh. Yeah, that's gotta be what this is. Like our Christmas or everyone else's Christmas? I think there is a gift-giving holiday. And what what sort of the, the thing that we know about Christmas in our world is... It is has been arbitrarily assigned because of solstice celebrations. It's just been assigned to give out solstice things. So I think in this setting, whatever solstice celebration, like one of the traditions is a sort of gift giving. It's a thing where children interact with toys. And that is a coincidence that is left over from long ago, perhaps even thousands of years back, when Vashralif's hold on this world was much stronger. So the gift-giving tradition, because there is a time where people are playing with gifts and enjoying presents from one another, that is when Vashralif's power is at its strongest. It is a worshipping tradition left over from thousands of years ago that no one remembers is connected to this church. And because it is this form of worship, it makes your gods hold stronger. So you could always wait another year for this holiday, but who who has, like, that, that is so long. You've already waited so long for that exaltation. Is it, is our goal, have we been working on getting, like, the equivalent of like what their tickle me elmo would be where it's like every kid wants this toy Mm -hmm. and we would get it into every single house and by the sheer joy of getting it and love that would be given to it that in of itself brings about a new day in bashrilif's reign yeah i think what you've been working on so we've just been doing a large scale marketing (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
I like this. So uh, let's first, uh, this holiday, let's understand what this holiday is, because this is not something that exists within Blades in the Dark. So what is this gift exchange holiday like? How is it different from, from what we know of Christmas today? It's not like Christmas is something that archetypically is celebrated as like a family unit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, you all get gifts for each other based on like how well you know everybody or whatever. But I think this holiday, the goal is to like bring joy to someone that you don't know. Yeah. So you, it, there's like a, almost like a weird study aspect to it where you like stalk you kind of have to like stalk somebody a little bit and like surprise them with a gift and you everyone has to leave like a window or their door open because Mm -hmm. you don't want to know who you don't know who it is but you leave it open so that they can chuck it through so it's just literally doesn't come down the chimney and placed neatly with care it is literally thrown into your living room because it's it's given free like there's no there's no like auspices of like no i want you to like appreciate the gift and i want to see it and like hear you thank me and like there's none of that it's like it's just the giving is the part that is important it's like it's like one big secret santa but nobody knows exactly who the list is and you wouldn't find out at the end it's not like you don't all share a conference room it's all it's town-wide that rules (laughs) that (laughs) is so good so one of the things about the way Christmas used to be celebrated in like the, you know, 17, 1800s, it's like it was kind of a festival where the lower classes really took power from the upper classes. Like the wish we wish you a Merry Christmas like caroling song kind of still has traces of that historical route where a bunch of like workers would go to their boss's house or like some upper class house and they would sing outside demanding gifts mm. like give us some figgy pudding was like literally a thing like where you would go and extort pudding from wealthy people so i think like there's some connection of that too where there are revels that happen in the streets and maybe it's that like you leave your windows open and whatnot but you also try to take things so that you can bring them home for Mm -hmm. people like you know when you are in your like 20s and 30s or whatnot maybe when you're a teenager your job your role in this holiday is to go out into the night and come come back with something for your younger siblings and like if you are a wealthy person trying to protect your wealth you need things to give away so like there's kind of a halloweeny aspect Mm, of this too but it's halloween for teens where literally you are paying these teens off so they don't fucking wreck your property halloween exactly so i think you have like put out this desire you've been working on cultivating the desire in children all across the city for this toy Mm -hmm. what is this toy that you've designed like what's the equivalent of like cup and a ball (laughs) but like what would it like what would be a fervor for something like that where i I think i think part of with vostralip it needs to be a vessel of some kind your your whole goal is to like create the situation where there are a lot of people empathizing with a vessel and like creating a connection to a vessel so maybe it's something you whisper into like you whisper into it and then like it whispers the same like it whispers something back at you oh Uh, like a a whisper worm what is that oh Uh, you just made it up i just made it up there we go so it's like a big it's just it just looks like like a a worm worm, it's a cuddly worm and you whisper and you whisper into it and then it like it gives 
it's not like a perfect response. It's but two heads. Yeah. And one listens, one and, listens one and one speaks. speaks. Oh, God. And so, so when you sleep with it, you put both heads on your, you hold it and you put either end on either side. It's like something you can tell your secrets to and right. like it, it unconditionally loves you. I absolutely love the whisper worm because this is a horrifying object. When <laughs> oh yeah, when you think about it. Oh, and it's not like it's like worm colored. It's not like uh, green or anything like that. It's like well, there are so few colors in Duskfall. Right, like everything is kind of the whole world of Duskfall. The way I think of it, it's like a day to night filter for film. It's gotcha. you know that whole blue filter yeah, yeah, thrown yeah. over everything, which rules. So we've got the whisper worm. It's something that you have overseen, like, I think through signs and symbols, been tracking down, like, how you would make this thing. Like, you designed it based on Vashralith's vague commands, and you've had to, you know, get parts for it, get it manufactured. You need to get it delivered to the place. I think somewhere in that chain of operations, there has been a major disaster <laughs> that you need to fix in time for, we got to name this fucking holiday. I'm trying to think of like what celestially this would coincide with. I have this big list of names here. Mm -hmm. We could, we, we could like make it a saint's holiday or something like, something's like that. Day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I think Morden is a name here, which sounds like just full of stuff. So I think like Saint Morden's Rebels or something like that. Mm -hmm. oh. Merry Morden to you. And may Morden yes, smile upon you. May Morden. Mm -hmm. Morden Morning. Good Morden. Good Morden. Good Morden. So God. this toy has to be ready by Saint Morden's Day. Because if it's not, like, you will have to wait another full year. And one of the things, I think one of the most difficult things is you actually manage to stoke that fervor. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. people want this object. Ooh, maybe the stuffing's wrong. Like it's not nice pillowy. Like it feels bad? Yeah. It's like, like it feels like a worm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not like cotton or anything. It's not like an actual uh, cuddly toy. It's, it's like skin. <laughs> oh, that's the worst. <laughs> I think perhaps... Perhaps it is supposed to be like skin, but it's supposed to be soft and cuddleable. Right. And whichever factory you've sourced this labor labor to, like they get sent you a proof model and it was perfect. Yeah. It was this beautiful, cuddly worm. I still have it. Yeah. Yeah. Two hand worm. But the thing that like the the what you've seen come off the production line so far is a clearly inferior product. And it's always wet somehow. Yeah. And it's hungry. Yeah. It, it like, it yeah, needs the, to be fed. Yeah, the faces on it are off, too. This is truly a horror toy. I hate <laughs> I want it. I want someone. Oh, I do not. I don't. Yikes. Ugh. So. Oh, dang it. <laughs> These are all wrong. <laughs> You're looking over this box, this box that have come, that's come from the factory. What are these? Are these a joke? <laughs> Brother wind up is at his position looking outside the window and can only vaguely hear your complaints. I think outside ash is falling over the city. Uh, it's so much so that it looks like snow. There are just these yeah. gray droplets like gently floating down. Um, what a wind up. I'm on the verge of being unhappy. 
Uh, <laughs> I need to make the choice if I'm gonna match. I'm, a, I'm, I'm on the I'm on the precipice of sadness. Don't 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 slide down it. Don't I'm, do it. I don't want don't to. slide down sadness. I know. Come we on. Only slide down towards we only happiness. Slide down I think happiness. you should have a. I, I no. I like the idea if there is a contrast between okay. you two. Yeah, I'll do it. That, that makes All me right, very I was, happy. I was either that. It's or probably was, easier for audio listeners yes. too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Then it's going to be very. It's just going to be Matt Berry. <laughs> what is yours, brother Eric? Brother, brother, brother. Boto Eric. But I'm. <laughs> but you don't have to do that. No. Brother Eric. Yeah. Don't slide down into sadness. Slide down into happiness. I'm trying, but. These worms are all wrong. What's wrong with the worms? I'm so I'm so upset. I can't even pick one up. I like try, but I I like I can't keep myself together enough to like interact corporeally. Mm-hmm. I pivot, do a little butt scoot, and levitate over and plant myself next to you. Look at that! No, no! And I start clapping my cymbals. Yeah, in frustration. No, no! You look over the worms. The leather that was used for them is dry and cracking. Their faces have none of the personality of the prototype that was sent over to you. This is not what you were promised. And that makes you feel cold inside. Because you know if people don't love these objects, then there's no way the connection will be created. The thing that will welcome your master or more of their influence onto this plane. Without that connection, everything that you've put your work into, all of the blood, sweat, and tears that have been spent here will all be for naught. Maybe it's not as bad as we think. What about your friend? The boy. Silas? Let's give him a worm. We could. They look like they're fundamentally lacking in joy. We could give him a worm and we can see what his response is to the window. And I float back to the window Mm -hmm. and scan down the street. And to the east, I see at the corner my pal, the newspaper boy, Silas Duguid. Get your papers here, get your papers, get the Dusk Bowl Gazette. Learn about the grisly murders on this very corner. Get your papers <laughs> here. And there is just, I start uh, clanging my cymbals, but in a very specific rhythm that catches Silas's ear. Oh yeah, I like it. There's something, it, it, it's not even just the rhythm, it's the frequency at which your cymbals clash. There's, it's like a dog whistle. Yeah, I've conditioned him to come over to this. He is standing on the corner as different like wealthy people walk by. And obviously because he is an urchin trying to, to make a living in this terrible city, like people are rough too. Like there are people who bump into him and, and push him about, even though he is shouting at them, don't notice him. It is cold, it is hard work, and he is coughing from the ash that is falling down the sky. And then he sees the warm, familiar, and inviting sight of Lavafil's gifts. He knows that he has to make a quota so that they'll give him his meager coins and he'll be able to eat tonight. But there's something about that store that always makes him feel better. Maybe, 
just maybe if he spends a little bit of time away from his post, he'll come back refreshed enough to actually sell the papers he needs to. He makes his way over and goes inside the store. Hey heroes, it's James, your game master, and welcome to the mid-roll. Heroes, it has been a wild year, and the holiday season means we're finally winding things down a bit. And since we're nearing the end of the year, I wanted to take some time and thank everyone who has donated to any of the causes that we've brought up, either here in the mid-roll or in the post-roll calls to action. The one-shot audience is incredible. Just in the last two months of the year, you've raised over $26,000 for charitable causes, and political action. And honestly, those are just the numbers that I can see. Earlier this year, you also rallied to help members of our network who were affected by the lockdown. It means so much to me, especially at a time like this, to see people coming together and doing good. So thank you, from the bottom of my heart. Thank you especially for helping us with the World Builders Drive. I am so excited for OneShot to produce all of that wonderful content that you managed to unlock. And I'm even more excited because I know the reason we're able to do it is your enthusiasm and your generosity. But I'm happy to say thanks to all of you, Patrick Rothfuss is going to be appearing on Skyjack's Courier's Call, which is a goal that both Pat and I at the beginning of our fundraising were really, really hopeful that we could hit but we also agreed that we should put it somewhere that might be difficult to reach. And I'm just really happy that we've managed to pull it off. Next up, I wanted to mention two fans of Campaign Skyjacks. This week, it would be coming out on the 23rd, uh, which I think is a bit too close to a major holiday. So we're giving Casey this week off for sure. I'm going to try and put something together for y'all instead, uh, but, you know, we'll see about that. Also, if you don't listen to Campaign Skyjacks, it's a great time to jump on. Since it is around the holiday season and I do have a new book out, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that the Ultimate Micro RPG book is now available everywhere books are sold. If you're looking for a last minute gift for someone in your life who loves role playing games, I can guarantee it is a great present. It contains 40 games designed by some of the most talented people that I know in the industry. I think everyone will be able to find at least a handful of games in that collection that they will absolutely love. And if you already happen to have a copy or you receive a copy for the holidays, I'd ask that you please take some time to go to a site like Amazon and give it a review. My publisher, Adams Media, an imprint of Simon & Schuster, track reviews very carefully and they use it to determine whether or not a project was successful. And frankly, for this book, everybody got paid almost double the industry standard rate for game design. It's getting distributed in mainstream bookstores and all of our designers keep the copyright to their own work. And after an exclusivity period, they're going to be able to republish it as they like. This is the kind of deal I would like to see in RPGs more often. And the only way we're going to do that is if we can send a message to our publisher that this was a huge success. So buy the book for sure. And after you do, please take some time to review it. I want to make a strong case to my publisher that not only should they do another book like this uh, with me, but perhaps they should do many other books like this uh, with lots of other people. And that conversation gets much easier with a lot of great positive reviews for this book. So you can search it out by heading to bit.ly slash ultimate micro RPG. Or you can look it up on your favorite book review site and leave a review. Finally, before we get back to the show, I have a name to read that we overlooked earlier. 
and that is Jenny Newland. Jenny, thank you so much for your support. Heroes, I have had a lot of unexpected projects pop up towards the end of the year, but I will be generating that new list of thank yous soon. But a huge thank you to everyone who backs our Patreon now and everyone who's going to jump on in the future. Without your support, we wouldn't be able to make shows like this. Now, with all of that out of the way, let's get back to the show. How do you prepare your toy seller? Instead of like a, you know, when you open a door and it's like, bing bong, like there's a bell. Ours is a spring. And it goes, bang. and I think like it sets up like a Rube Goldberg machine. Mm-hmm. So there's like a, yeah, a, ball, a ball starts rolling around. So, and so what other people... It's like a pain in the ass to reset. <laughs> <laughs> like like yeah. someone leaves the shop, it's it takes like, us a oh, while. God. But it's like, but they, but people assume it's like, you know, part of the charm of the store, but it is serving a very specific purpose to kind of like prop up this guy and sit him in the chair that'll direct him correctly. And so that's all going on. And so it's timed out perfectly for as Silas walks through the rows that by the time he gets up to the counter, mm-hmm. he's ready. Yeah. Herkily and jerkily as this Rube Goldberg machine is like making it happen. The owner of this toy store like edges forward to the desk. And then all of a sudden he looks more human than he did seconds ago. There's just a life and energy to him. How are you going to get this worm in Silas's hands? What are you going to do? I would like to posit that like our our mood, this is the first time our mood has faltered yeah. since we've joined this cult situation. And I, I like to posit that it is like having a physical impact on the environment. Oh. So like he he like leans over the thing and, and it's weird, like the light is weird yeah. and it makes him kind of look a little sinister. Yeah. Uh, and like the faces on all the toys kind of are looking like a little malicious. Mm-hmm. And I, I maybe Silas like clocks that a little bit that it's like uncomfortable in here and it never has been before. Sure. Oh yeah, Mr. Lavafil, sir? Me is. I love that. Um, I, I was hoping that uh, I might be able to see Mr. Fuzzy today, if, if that's all right. Oh, we've got something even better for you than Mr. Fuzzy today. <laughs> well, I'd like to see that. Lucky you. And he kind of like, yeah. like cracks, <laughs> like, Instead of bending over, his like spine just lolls <laughs> to one side, and he reaches into the box, and I think the worm coils up and around his arm and like over his shoulders, and then down his other arm oh, towards. No way! One of the whisper worms. <laughs> That's right. Oh. Go on, Silas. Tell it a secret. His eyes are big, and you know, through the eyes of a child, even the most horrific and terrible toy can appear wondrous and magical. So he approaches the whisper worm and he says a secret into its mouth. <laughs> As one does. Yeah. As one does with a whisper worm. I, I want to know what goes wrong. What goes wrong is the response back is too aggressive you know like whisper given is equals a whispered return mm-hmm. and if the more important the secret is the more important the information given back would be so it's like it's supposed to be this calming you know unburden yourself so you could you know lighten your lighten your own spiritual load so does what does silas whisper in for saint morton's day i want to remember what my mother's face looked like 
<laughs> He's an orphan. Yeah. As are all children and in this so, setting. And you can see kind of like there's a light that simulates like the, the whisper going through the worm and it rests in its tummy. And then a different colored oh. light goes up to the speaking worm side and it goes, Dolphins can kill themselves by closing their blowholes. <laughs> I think... As it says that, like, whatever voice box you've put inside it starts to overheat and, like, literally half of its face starts to melt off. Dolphins can kill themselves if they close their blowholes. Wow. (laughs) What a phenomenal secret. I think he screams and runs out of the store. Have a nice day, Silas. No, no, Wanging my symbols. This is a disaster. Brother Eric, what are we to do? Let? I'm of a mind to pay a trip to this, this facility that's manufacturing these. I think that's a very good idea. Let me slip into something more comfortable. And I leave the symbol monkey behind. And I go into a little, what would be like a parade? Like a, what's a, what are they? Like a shiner's club? Oh, yeah. So it's a little car. A tiny, yeah. It's a big guy in a little tiny car. And he opens up his, he takes his fez off his head. And underneath it is like a little mouse that does the same thing. Oh, that's and fun. And so that's what I'm perpetually doing as I'm, as I'm riding around. Our toys are cute as hell. <laughs> yeah. They're very cute. Yeah. A little horrifying, which is the best for toys. I think I like wispily pause in front of the ball pit while you're preparing yourself. And I, I take a moment to consider trying to like communicate or get some kind of guidance from Vashrilith, but I'm overtaken for maybe the first time with, with fear of this deity because I don't want to report. I, I don't want to like let loose that right. there might be issues. And I've, I've, I've never known any reason to be afraid of Vashrilith. Mm-hmm. Like it seems so straightforward and we were doing their work and like right. I shy away from the pit. I like turn my gaze away from the balls inside the many colored plastic balls. Excellent. Well, th- so this they wouldn't be plastic in this. I setting. guess they'd be no, like yarn balls. They'd be something. like like cat gut or uh, like pigskin or yeah. something. Yeah, they they which which is truly wondrously horrifying, and I, I I enjoyed that very much. It could also be like some kind of resin or something like. Oh yeah, yeah. There's this like there's kind a resin around it. To yeah. It. It's for color, but all the colors are like very muted, mm-hmm. right? So it's they're like, all gr- they're it all like very- was once blue, right? Yeah, but now it's just like, ugh, like dark green. That's just like this. God, it's fun. Uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's fun. So the way this game works is you go out and you do jobs. Um, they for a lot of different groups they are heists some groups they are assassinations you are going to do something that will win your group like influence and resources and whatnot in order to accomplish your goals now because you are a cult like there's a lot of different moving parts here but definitely I think you need to visit this manufacturer and change circumstances so that you get the high quality toy that you were promised. So for this part of the game, I need you to formulate a plan of exactly how you're going to do that. Are you going to possess anything or are you going to be? I think I'm going to start as a ghost because then that gives me, it gives me a little more flexibility. Great. I'm confined to a hole. 
but my little guy will, can move at speeds and can move undetected by most people because it is around the holiday time. So people are just like, oh, there's toys out there. Oh, this is one of those rich people leaving toys out. This is up for anybody to grab. Also, you're going to a, a yeah. factory that right. manufactures toys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we got to, I think we have to do two things. We have to investigate on why these, because we got it good the first time. Yeah. So we got to figure that out. Why are they cheapening us? I think my my first instinct would be to go and, and like surveil the yeah. production line and see if anyone's like, hey, something's wrong with, you know, because right. it, it, at some point it's like you have to know that you're yeah. making a mistake. Right. Yeah. So I need to know where the fault is. Right. So it sounds like, yeah, we, we need to do some preparation for this to find out exactly why things are going wrong. So for that we can have you do actions and also like once you have that information we, or we can figure out how you're doing this information now you have different contacts that might be able to help you with that or you can roll something like a study to maybe figure something out to like if you wanted to look it up in a library or whatnot or, you know, you, you could sway. This sounds like a social thing. So you could consort, which might be a good one. Could I use Hunt to figure out the material that they're using? Hunt is more for, in, in, well, gather information about location and movements to attack with precision shooting from a distance. So that, that would be hunting a specific target. That's more of a something that you would want to do in your influence group. Yeah, I think I think you need, we, what we want to do before we go on this mission is uh, on this job is to figure out why you're getting an inferior toy. Well, because I, I think it's your customs guy who's keeping the good product out, ah, and he's getting a kickback from the cheaper product people, mm. from the bad skin. That son place. of a bitch. Yeah, let's get him. Yeah, and if we come okay. across that dog, we're gonna we're gonna ask we're gonna ask him for some information about the quality of goods that are being imported into Duskfall right now. Perfect. We're going to squeeze this guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can do that. I can, I can wreck him. So. Oh, ramming it a shins. Well, that, that oh, is. Yeah. You didn't need this, did you? Yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like you either want Extortion. to. Yeah, is that an option? Um, so sort of. Uh, sway would, would, be, would yeah. be that. Yeah. Like you, you want to convince this guy to give you information on exactly what's wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. So. And you're pretty good at sway. I am good at sway. Yeah. And if we have to, I can skirmish him. All right. Was this one of the NPCs that we wrote down? Yes. That's this his, is Jeremy Dustcorn. His negative relationship. That's right. Jeremy Dustcorn. And if we come across that dog. That dog. Oh. Well, we'll we'll save the dog for, for I'm the mission. I'm just saying, the dog's on the street, and I'm looking for him. All right, Alan. I am going to say that you're coming at this from a... Well, what is your plan, actually? Tell me how, how you plan on getting this information from this person i think we're gonna bring him the worm <laughs> and we're gonna i think cool because we still have the the proof right the the good one yeah so i'm gonna bring them both and i'm i'm basically my plan is to kind of like lay them at his feet and be like how did this go are you doing this as a ghost oh yeah <laughs> okay so he's dealt with a ghost before a ghost is a representative of this business to him i don't think so I, I think this is going to be our first like in-person interaction. Oh, like face-to-face interaction. Want to use that then as like a oh well, there's ghosts around, right? So there there are ghosts around, but like a lot of people's experience with ghosts is like 
a ghost has been like ground up and gooshed into like a drug that oh, people right. take. Well, we could like Christmas carol him. Well, Jeremy would love that, wouldn't he? <laughs> Another drug to sling yeah. out on the streets. Where we like confront him. We can do a little. You want to haunt him? Yeah. Let's haunt his ass. I throw them like he wakes up with them in the bed. The worms. Like Godfather style? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I, we'll I think we'll do it. you're coming at this from a controlled position. Yes. You are setting up this environment perfectly. You've already dealt with this guy in certain ways. He lives down the lives and works down the street from you. Well, this is an affluent area. He definitely can't afford to live here, but he does work close by. What environment do you like? come at him in what does it look like it's like a dockyard or a warehouse or something yeah and i think Mm -hmm. it's like a little like what used to be like just like for trading like a like a post like people would post stuff on like the outside of this like little what would just be like a storage room but he's converted it to an office to kind of inflate him his importance Mm -hmm. uh and so he's got like he somehow squeezed a desk in there and it's you know there's chairs outside of it but there's also like a little cot for him because he kind of just spends his whole he wants to be at he that's his big thing he's available for anybody at any time Mm -hmm. that's what bests him over everybody else is that you can get you can get dc whenever you want i love this so he is in this office and i think he is Probably taking some time to get high on his own supply. Great. Yeah. What a piece of garbage. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want you, Alan, to roll your sway and. So, because I have two dots, I roll two dice? Yes. Roll your sway. What if you d- have to roll something that you don't have any dots in? Then you would roll one die, but it'll go hard with you. Like you are okay, always right. doing it from a desperate, like a desperate. position. Yeah. You hey. get a six. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. Yes. Behold. Yes. And Jeremy, you don't want to disappoint me today. Not today. Yeah. So you do it and this goes off exactly the way you envisioned it. Please describe for me how you haunt this man. I think he's like sitting back. He's in his office. He's get, he's kind of kicked back. He's got his feet up on the desk. He's getting ready to like do another round of drugs, which I mm-hmm. think kind of look like Smarties, those like chalky yeah. candies that come mm-hmm. in a roll. He's like reaching across the desk to grab one and seemingly out of nowhere, this like grotesque, like cracked leather, melty-faced worm just woof, like lands on the desk in front of him. Oh yeah. And, he, and he's like, ah, and he starts backing up and his chair catches and like tumbles over and it catches on the good worm which is already behind him and he's he's like in full panic mode now and he can hear like something clunky like coming up the stairs towards him and i'm imagining that it's your car like like, coming up and i just like like i'm coming out of bathwater. i come up through the floorboards at eye level to him now that he's flat on his back i just like materialize through the cracks in the floorboards i love it i love it and like yeah the only light in darkness is your horrific form and perhaps the intimidating blue glow of the ghost lamps outside everything about this scene like is clearly deeply affecting him spirits why have you brought me these visions I think you're familiar with the materials that you are looking at, Jeremy. Dust corn. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I, I just, I just, I'm an intermediary. I'm a between guy. 
and the door bursts open and you're looked to where you would think somebody comes through a door but then kind of driving up the wall and on the ceiling oh yeah spider climb is my uh my little guy and he opens up his hat uh and closes it and then opens it again and just draining onto you is this ectoplasm yeah uh, that goes into your mouth and your nose and then my head uh which is normally very rigid for this toy just snaps back to look directly down onto you (laughs) he like screams horrifically and backs himself into a corner as i i feel like all the room feels like Probably because people make go- uh, drugs out of ghosts, there is something in ectoplasm that like has hallucinogenic effects. So the room around, uh, around him like starts to convulse and swim. Uh, all right, I'll, I'll tell you whatever you want. You just you just can stop it. Cut it out. Cut it out. What's the name of this factory we've been using? Sun and Sons. So it's their last Sun name and Sons. Sun. Sun and Sons. Yeah. Son and son. So it's his last name is sons and he has sons. Jeremy, <laughs> stop screaming. Keep quiet. The quality of goods that have been coming into town for son and sons has gone down drastically. Feel this. The nice worm comes to his cheek. And now feel this. And the rough one comes to his cheek. And the whisper worm has another one in its chamber and just says fetal pigs taste like human flesh <laughs> oh my lord oh my god that's something that i didn't know i don't know if that's I didn't real either want to know but that. it's just a weird sense uh <laughs> and i think like because he's hallucinating already yeah. the taste of human flesh yes. like oh. overwhelms oh yeah the worms the bottom of the worm the rough worm starts put it making itself into yeah he's <laughs> chewing on it a yeah. little bit <laughs> It's it's a deal that the, the foreman and son and sons he's got this deal set up. We 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 take on jobs. We we send we, we, with with the goods that we promise people, and and then then we sell the materials and and use inferior ones instead. I help him buy the inferior materials. It's it's all him. It's one of the sons. Which son, the oldest, the middle, or the youngest? The second son. The second son. Jeremy, you are worse than a thief. You are a coward. And a leech. And you have no leg to stand on. And, uh, oh, he was on the ground. I thought you were going to cut his leg off. Uh, yeah, I thought you were about to cut his fucking leg off. <laughs> I was going to. All right. Yeah, yeah, how do you cut his leg off? Behind him, there's a like a ceremonial like uh, axe. Because it's like the like each dock has a different weapon representing, or each like alley, you know, whatever inflow of goods has a different like. Oh, you have to go Ooh. to Axe Pathway. You have to go to Sword Pathway. You have to go to you know the Halberd path. Street. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so there's kind of like this battle axe, and I drive over to it on the wall and open my hat, and the little mouse stares at Jeremy, and then just flicks it off the wall, and it just. I think there is a loud crack. And he screams and suddenly the visions that he was seeing go away as, you know, people who are, I think like he's one of the drug dealers that that works with the lamp blacks. Like they, they, they come into the room and they see their boss essentially bleeding on the floor 
with a face covered in ectoplasm. So I think I'm going to move your relationship with them uh, down from a minus one to a minus two. Oh, wow. Uh, that's way less bad than I thought. <laughs> oh, no, that's very bad. Oh, okay. Anyone that at a minus two is going to go out of their way to cause you trouble. Great. It's like a kill on sight oh, we situation. Should have a, or... What's our sign off? Because we're still supposed to be nice. Oh, I don't like him. Okay. I don't like him. I was going to cut the other leg off. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like one leg is probably yeah. good. And you got the information that you That's need. That's fair. I wanna, can I want to destroy his drugs that he had on his desk? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Ooh. Yeah, wow. Uh, so, cool. Yeah, th this, this group is not going to be happy with you guys. And they are now, like, at least he knows for certain that there are ghosts or supernatural entities that are affiliated specifically with that toy store. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause it's, uh, you know, it's not going to take very many questions to figure out where the ghost and the <laughs> toy, the right. like possessed toy right. work. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, we're the only people that whisper worms. So it's like, Oh yeah. That, and that too, there's a lot of direct <laughs> evidence pointing at us. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. All, every toy I possess is marked as from, Lavarif's gifts. Lavarif's gifts. God, good, good, good on us. Um, <laughs> great. So now you know that the second son of the Sun and Sons factory is a foreman who is deliberately selling off their high quality materials and replacing them with inferior materials. And you know that you need to get those high quality materials back in the line and stop him from replacing the materials for your product with inferior ones before we get to St. Morton's Rebels. Otherwise, your plan could be totally for naught. Like, all of the materials were very carefully chosen by Vashralith. Like, Vashralith, like, you know, sent you the vision of this particular leather, like, there's no mechanics in the world that exist to give glowing and voice box. It's all a spell. And if it's inferior, well, it tells you that fetal pigs taste like human flesh. Yeah. And dolphins have the capacity for suicide. Mm -hmm. So I think what we're looking at now is like kind of a double heist situation yeah. where we need to get the garbage materials out and swap them with the good ones on the line without, and get without anyone knowing. That second sun out. Do we have to do that? I don't know. You you might have we to. We might have to. Well, I mean, that's the, what you're deciding right now. You're yeah. deciding what your plan okay. is. Let's do that in character. Okay. Are we back at the shop? Yeah. Or are we doing this? That was okay. like down the street. Yeah, great. Yeah. Back at the shop, I've switched my form to like a jokey thinking bust. So it's like the thinking man, but he's, on a, on a, he's in an outhouse. Yeah. And so the, the, the mechanic is he keeps opening the door. What about this? Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm just pacing as best a floaty ghost can pace. And I think there's like wisps of like electroplasm. Yeah, yeah, electroplasmic energy that are like coming off me almost like little when you put your hands on that glass yeah. orb. Yeah. Oh, does a yeah. Thing. yeah. Does, that's kind of happening. And every time it touches like a toy's face, they like become sadder. Oh, um, oh God, your emotions are just spraying. Yeah, because oh, I just I'm so unhappy. Brother Eric, keep, I'm keep hold of smiles up, smiles up, door closes. Smiles up. Smiles, smiles up. up. Smiles up. Smiles are Vashwala's window to this world. That's true. Each tooth shown is another door in. You're white. <laughs> All right. 
what we need to do is <laughs> figure out who the second son is and find either the material or someone to supplant the second son. There are a lot of different ways that you could go about this. Yeah. If he's the one who gave the order to change the materials out, he could easily be the one to give the order to put them back. Mm. Mm. Yes, but if we get rid of him altogether, we wouldn't have this roadblock in the future. Maybe not, but the sudden loss is too risky. What if they shut the factory down, or it throws all their productions into disarray? Mm. All productions but our own. Less competition. Maybe so, but if he was overseeing ours, it's too risky. Yeah, there is, like, if you made him a vessel, you'd be able to have him, possess him whenever you wanted to get your toys produced, which could be quite useful, but there's a lot of steps that you'll need to go yeah. through in order to make it happen. How, how soon is the holiday? It's got to be coming up relatively soon. Like, our, our production window is closing. It's yeah, like, gotcha. We could convert him. What if we brought him into the fold? That would be ideal. A vessel like him could give us <laughs> the edge that we need, at least for this holiday season. Okay. Oh, great. Wonderful. Agreeable. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I agree as well. <laughs> so your plan is to prepare this person as a vessel. I think it's a high risk, high reward situation yeah. that we're in with this. Obviously preparing a person as a vessel is something that takes a lot of resources because you haven't even done that for the person who owns the toy shop. You've made a, a puppet for it. So I think this is going to be something that requires a lot of like, like you need, I think, a sacred place or, or some some sort of, of sacred thing that you can perform the ceremony on, something close to Vashralif. You need to make a considerable sacrifice of some kind. Something needs to be destroyed in order to create that pathway in. And you need to have this person who is presumably, you know, one of the sons over at Sun and Sons. Mm -hmm. There's got to be some wealth there. It's got to be hard to get access to him. You probably can't just roll in as ghosts and drag him away. What is our guy? What's our alderman-esque person's name? Your alderman is Cherries <laughs> oh, Garcia. <right>. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I think we both look at each other at the same time and go, Cherries Garcia. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Cherries Garcia. And then... We expect a montage, but we... Just, I'm going to pick go him some flowers. <laughs> well, actually, the way this game works, now that we know the yep. plan and we know the elements that you need to hit, yeah. we can actually jump into things, into Ooh. the action immediately. Great. And when things go wrong, you will be able to perform flashbacks to show us how you've prepared for oh, this particular situation. Hi. Okay, cool. We can jump right into things. I, I think we're going to be starting you from a controlled position in that the person that you've selected your target has no idea that you exist, has no idea that you would be upset with them, and doesn't know what turning someone into a vessel would be like. The other person involved in this is like 
an acolyte that that you kind of have, someone that you've been working on for some time. So, I feel like we get the second son into Cherry's like doll room, and that's a perfect place to kind of like get him. Like this is a businessman meeting a politician. That's a perfect <laughs> photo op. Lots of smiles around. Mm-hmm. Nothing suspicious at all. There's no reason to pay attention to the tin soldier who's walking up and down the hallway. That's just, a kid. somebody left the toy plane. Mm-hmm. This is extremely good. So clearly you have, through Cherries Garcia, summoned specifically the second son of Son and Sons into this guy's office. Or not office, probably his personal home. Yeah. So uh, th- that's the, the first part that I need to know about how you got this guy here. I think like what we're deciding right now is the difficulty. I think ideal circumstances for you where this is a one-on-one drinks situation, I think I would start you from a desperate position, which is going to have severe consequences for failure just because it's really out of the ordinary, really suspicious. I think I could say something small and intimate like a dinner party or whatnot. I I would put you at a risky position where, you know, consequences are still bad and and that's normal. There are plenty of X factors running around. And for a controlled position, huge kind of ball style house party. Like there are lots of different moving parts, lots of opportunities for you to get caught but it's not at all suspicious for him that he's been invited over. I feel like it's that. Like, if it's if the actual, what, St. Martin's, what is it? St. Morden's Rebels. St. Morden's Rebels day is like, you got to be home for that. You got to make yourself available. So I feel like the wealthy have their parties like, bef- like a month yeah. or whatever beforehand. So like, I feel like this would just be an easy party, like a big gala kind of thing for the higher ups to celebrate but mm-hmm. that's just my that's my pitch that no, make, that makes sense to make it make it easy you know okay inviting him over is going to be easy and influencing cherries garcia is going to be easy i think i'm going to need an attune roll from either of you you both are skilled at attune i did okay. the last one. you did the last roll i'll roll so i just roll one yep yep you're starting from a controlled position three three one two three You are going to falter. You can press on by seizing a risky opportunity or withdraw and try a different approach. So I think what this is, is you are trying to compel Cherries Garcia Mm -hmm. that they need to have this party. And I think you're... The easy, attuned way to do it is through the whispering of the dolls. Mm -hmm. And But I falter. Yeah, so... I'm not great at voices. Steven Kropa is telling no, me... No, that that's the brother wind-up spalter is he's not great at voices. Uh-huh. So he usually leaves brother Eric to do it. <laughs> but since this is my guy, I got to talk as a doll voice. And I'm uh, not great at it. So we see Cherries Garcia. Cherries Garcia is a person with a kindly face. I think he's got a beard that like is thick and bushy goes down over his neck it's salt and pepper he's got very round features and bright colorful eyes we see him in this space lit in a way that makes him seem really intimidating there is shadowy light in his doll room and i think we see hundreds of porcelain faces surrounding him as he has, I think, beneath, like, like in, in this lighted area, there, there are, like, 
these special lamps that he's rigged up because he is going through something that is a ceremonial rite in the Church of Vashralith that uh, he doesn't know is a ceremonial rite. He is dressing a doll. This episode of One Shot uses music provided by Scott Buckley, provided under a Creative Commons 4.0 international license. Tracks used include The Spirit, Venom, Eidolon, Sleep, Tomorrow, and Inflection. This episode of One Shot was edited and sound designed by Tracy Barnett. You can find more of their work online anywhere at The Other Tracy. Well, heroes, that's it for One Shot this week, but don't worry. We'll be back next week with more Blades in the Dark. In the meantime, you should check out one of the other amazing shows here on the One Shot Network. As always, we end One Shot with a call to action. And heroes, this week I need you to take action to support sex workers. Folks, over the past couple years, I think a lot of us have come to terms with the fact that our representatives more easily and frequently make hollow gestures towards safety without actually acting in our interest. And one of the many groups that suffers for this hollow fecklessness is sex workers. Politicians from both parties spend time sponsoring bills that they say are to prevent sex trafficking. But the results of those bills actually hurt vulnerable people inside and outside the industry. Bills like the Earn It Act, or S-3398, and the Stop Internet Exploitation Act, which currently does not have a bill number, aim to place new regulatory burdens on any site that hosts pornography. And that includes sites like Reddit and Twitter. Now, to a lot of you, I'm sure limiting pornographic material on social media platforms doesn't sound like a big deal. But the thing that you have to consider is that a lot of self-employed sex workers connect directly with their audiences through these social platforms. And absolutely the safest conditions that any worker can be in is when they're not beholden to anyone but themselves. By passing legislation that limits the ability of sex workers to work for themselves, they limit the ability for people to work freely in the safest possible conditions. And frankly, that's just the tip of the iceberg, both for the Earn It Act and Stop Internet Sexual Exploitation Act. I put it in those terms because I kind of think everybody in my audience gets it. Before I started working for myself, thanks to all of you, I had like two good bosses. And I am so much happier and so much healthier working for myself than I ever was even under those two good bosses that I did have. With these changes, it's extremely unlikely that pornography would go away. But without direct access to audiences through social media sites, sex workers would once again be at the mercy of predatory, specialized corporations. And frankly, I don't want to act like those corporations aren't already there. But right now, blessedly, people have other options. The big hurdle we have to overcome is assumptions that your representatives are probably already making. Is that politicians in both parties are going to assume that it is a slam dunk bill that everyone supports. And that's because sadly, a lot of folks don't concern themselves with the needs of sex workers. But here is where we can help. We know why these bills are bad. And thanks to the lockdown, we have nothing but time on our hands. So I would like to encourage you to call your representatives and let them know that you oppose these bills. That's both the Stop Internet Sexual Exploitation Act and the Earn It Act. 
your representatives are not expecting to hear many calls about this. Between yourself and your friends, you can have a dramatic impact on this issue. All you have to do is take the time to act. Now, when I call my reps, I use a site called fivecalls.org. That's the number five, calls.org. There, you can find contact information for your representatives, summaries of issues like this, and scripts to read while you're on the phone. There is a script up there for the Earn It Act, but not for the Stop Internet Sexual Exploitation Act. Mentioning it by name should be enough, but you can also reference that it's intended to modify Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. Calling takes just a few minutes and it can have a dramatic impact. So please take the time to make your voice heard. Thanks, heroes. As always, a humble and hearty thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show. For the latest one-shot news, be sure to follow me on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Look us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OneShotPod, or look for news on the site at OneShotPodcast.com. If you want to inquire about ad rates, live appearances, commissioning episodes, or you have a general question or comment for the show, contact us at GameMaster at OneShotPodcast.com. OneShot is a production of the OneShot Podcast Network in association with Paracosm Press. Paracosm Press is a Chicago-based tabletop games publisher. You can find more information at P-A-R-A-C-O-S-M-Press.com. Finally, that music, which is right now swelling up over my voice, is Adventure by Be Your Own Pet, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes. Heroes.